Welcome everyone to Watch Your Story. I'm your host Emmanuel Mutui. Today I have an amazing guest and as you can see we're in a different location and we'll get to that later. But without further ado, Bobby, what's your last name? Nicholas. Nicholas. Yep. Thanks, for, here, man. thanks for coming. So he's one of the founders of Kingship Landing and describe to the people and you, this, you will have video for this room where what this space is because I love this space. Yeah, so we're in our camp deck. Okay. Uh, we've got five core values here at Kinship. One of them is adventure. So we cooked in this little piece of adventure. And this is an overnight hotel room. Just like every other room, you get your room code, you come to your door, you punch in your code, you open the door, and you walk outside into this room um, where you can camp right in the heart of downtown Colorado Springs, looking out on Pikes Peak in the front range. You can hang your hammock. And you've got a three-piece bed, bath, shower right there with a bathroom sink and shower. So yeah, this is our camp deck where you can go camping for about 80 bucks a night downtown Colorado Springs. What kind of deal? That's amazing. I love that. I lo I'm not even a camper, but I will camp here though. So, but let's go back to the beginning so we know who Bobby is. Where are you from? I was born and raised here in Colorado Springs. Okay. Yeah. When you were raised in this city, it's probably way different back then than it is today. Yeah, it was quiet. Oh, yeah, it true. was a little quieter, um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot different. I remember going up to Chapel Hill's wall, Mall, that was like the end of town. <laughs> like dirt fields. Really? And dirt roads after that, so yeah, it was a little different. So what's the one thing outside of quiet that you appreciate from all the changes and you're kind of like, oh, I don't really like it? Yeah, I mean, being born here and going away, coming back for a long time, I was kind of on that side of like, you know, don't tell anyone. Keep it quiet. We don't need any more people. Right, here. right. The, the trails are already too busy, all that kind of stuff. And then we took a trip that I could tell you about it maybe later, but um, that really helped me see that when people are coming here, they have things to offer this community. Yes. And uh, the best way to help convert a traveler from a consumer to a contributor is to welcome them with open arms to generously share resources and knowledge and insight and wrap them into the family. So we have a lot to learn from the world. You know, we don't have it all figured out here in Colorado Springs. So the fact that we have every nation represented here every year with visitors and people relocating, that just means we got things to learn from people who are True. bringing outside perspectives. So that's, I'd say my favorite thing is just, we're getting a little bit more diverse as a community in the way that we think and the way that we look and act and behave. And that's a good thing. Definitely. So, so, born here, what did you want to do when you were young? I wanted to be a builder. Oh, really? I remember when I was like four years old, I took this big pile in our backyard. We had this fence with the old pile of firewood. Mm -hmm. And I, I took these big round logs, I put one in the middle and made a little circle around them. I was leaning them in and you can barely crawl in there. <laughs> and I was like, I built a house. <laughs> so I was always building forts right. and tree houses. <laughs> So I wanted to build houses. I just thought that would be yeah. so fun to swing a hammer all day right. and build homes. And you know, my my dad is like pretty uh, tight. Right. He's pretty frugal. Mm -hmm. So if I wanted to build a fort, we would have to go find wood, and then we would go to construction sites because he wouldn't buy us new nails. And he also we get in trouble if we stole stuff. Huh. So we would have to go find nails on the ground that were bent. And then we take the nails back home and put them on a rock and bend them straight and use that to build our forts. So wow, yeah, it was that's so what you really if you want to afford, you really really gotta you gotta want work it. it. You gotta want it. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. Where did the hunger come from? Because was your dad a builder? No, not even, not at all. Where did I that just, come from? I don't know. I just liked, I liked building things. I liked using my hands and working hard. And I think I like the creative problem solving component. When you're a kid and you got no template and you got a sled here and some styrofoam there and an old two by four there and you got to put it together. It was just, it was yeah. fun. So that's the first thing I wanted to be was a builder. Wow. As you grew up, did that change or did that? Yeah, it changed. Um, for a while there, I wanted to be a pastor. Oh, wow. Okay. That was something I aspired towards. For a while there, I wanted to be an entrepreneur or a business owner. And then I quickly wanted to run as far in the other direction of that as I can. So um, for a few years, maybe six or eight years, I was trying to become a professional snowboarder. So I did a lot of snowboarding. That's a lot of stuff. In like yeah. Uh, so you, I'm not one of those guys who has it figured out yeah. from day one. That's not me. So you just had all these desires, but you wasn't sure which one. Yeah. What made one stick? This one? Yeah. Whichever one you end up doing, which is this, I guess. Yeah, this is one of them. So I think this kinship landing came about because when my wife and I got married, we had a goal to take a year off before we had kids. And we wanted to travel, slow down, and just ask ourselves the question, who are we? What do we want to do, you know? Uh, and also, uh, we were both really fortunate to travel growing up overseas, and it had such an amazing impact on us. We wanted to do that as a couple and just sort of break away from the American game that we're all playing every single day. So we saved our money, saved our money. Seven years in, we took that trip. We're traveling. and towards the end of that trip we had some ideas like all right here's some things we might do when we get back if we go back and one of them was let's bring a hospitality concept to Colorado Springs and this was not my idea this was Brooke's idea my wife okay so yeah that was the beginning is I think we, we could do something pretty cool we're uniquely qualified to offer a cool space to stay in our hometown yeah and uh, so we committed to that and that's the beginning of that wow but before that I'd done all kinds of stuff and, yeah and um, so let's go back to you meeting your wife. How did that happen? Yeah, we met in high school. Okay. Yeah. Love at first sight or? For me, she doesn't <laughs> remember. <laughs> yeah, I, we were at the 4th of July Parade and Monument and I met her when she was in 8th grade and I was in 9th grade. Okay. And uh, yeah, I thought she was great looking. That's it. You know, wow. I didn't really talk to her. I just, man, that girl stands out. Mm -hmm. And then she had a locker next to my younger brother ah, in okay. high school. So I would go say hi to my brother, like, oh, who's this girl over here? <laughs> and we became friends, and we were friends for a long time before we started dating. Yeah. So What was the switch? What made from, like, friends to... I think... Yeah, I don't know. It was just natural. It was, it was time. It's time to just say, okay, right. we should start dating. <laughs> we'll be friends longer. I wasn't really interested in dating when I met her. Okay. I just wanted to snowboard. I mean, ninth grade. Yeah. I just wanted to hang with my friends and snowboard, but we were spending so much time together. It was okay. So did you go to college after? Yeah, I went to school at University of Colorado in Boulder okay. um, for two years. And she went to school at another school up there for some medical stuff. And we were there for two years. I took a year off and did a program down in New Zealand. And uh, when I was down in New Zealand, she was in Zambia for eight months. Oh, wow. So we were apart for a year. We came back to Boulder for another year. And then uh, we moved back to Colorado Springs. And I finished out my degree at UCCS. Okay. What's your degree? Philosophy. Oh, yeah. interesting. Why? 
I guess you don't really yeah. know what you want to do. Well, so I was studying business in Boulder, and okay. I was sitting in class. I remember this big lecture room, and I, like it's like my bones were jumping to get out of there. Right. Just something about what was good. It was good people. I was learning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was getting good marks and all that, but I just, like, I got I to gotta go. So I almost dropped out, and Brooke talked me off the ledge. Wow. Uh, she's like, come on, use your brain. So I put in another semester, like, I got to get out of here. So that's when I took a year off and traveled to New Zealand and went to a little program down there. Um, and then when I came back, I kept my business degree, but I picked up humanities and a couple other degrees to just try some stuff out. And I kind of re-encountered literature through humanities in a way that had been sitting dormant for a couple of years. I really used to love literature in high school. And, um, and so I found literature, art, and music again through humanities and it wake, woke up this part of me that had been sitting there hungry and so, yeah, I studied literature, art, and music, and landed on philosophy on the side of that. And, and uh, I just love philosophy. Yeah. I, I love the way it allows our minds to open and ask and think critically um, and explore deeper questions. And uh, yeah, that's so. good. So, you finished college. What was the next step? Went to college in Boulder, came down here, finished out. I got my real estate license when I was in college. And so, I, I did that for a couple of years. Um, after during college i was coaching soccer okay. so playing and coaching soccer and then when i graduated college brooke and i both got a job at a church here in town a yeah. local nonprofit. okay so my role for three years a buddy of mine called me up and when we first started going to this church i was like hey man there's nothing going on in the city we gotta hmm. we gotta be taking care of these people in the city and yeah I was like okay well interesting do you want to help start this and one idea i had always had growing up was to start a camp so I'm telling him this, and a couple of months later, he's like, hey, I was part of this camp in California. I think we should do it here. Do you want to help start this camp? Yeah, sure. I, sounds good. It was a camp for foster kids, abuse and neglected foster kids, ages 6 to 12. So we went out to training and with a couple other people to help start this camp. I was out there. He's like, do you want to come work with me at this church and help do some of this stuff? I was like, nah, man, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Um, but I thought about it for a while, and I said, I'll, let's work together for three years. Okay. So for three years, we worked together to start some programs and work with the congregation. And uh, I was particularly interested in youth, so working to help start mentoring programs in schools and things like that. Wow. Um, so that's what I did right out of college is yeah. get to know the city from that side of things. Okay. So have you always been a believer? Not always. I think, I don't know when that turning point starts, but yeah. for me, it really got practical and real in middle school. Okay. Um, yeah. And then high school, I was a zealot. <laughs> yeah. Just going after it. So right. it was. How was. If I could fabricate that it, passion again, I would. Yeah. It just. It was. It was all consuming. Yeah. During that time. So. Because Springs, being a believer in Springs is one thing. Being a believer in Boulder is very different. Yeah. How was that experience? I loved it. All my Christian family and friends up in Monument, not yeah. so much my family, but the people around us are like, Boulder, be careful up there. Right. We'll be praying for you. <laughs> But I loved it because, you know, in Boulder, if you're a believer, it's for a good reason. True. It's really easy to just knock it off and enjoy your life. Very true. Don't think about it. But if you're a believer up there, um, it's for, for something that's real inside of you. So it gave me a chance to burn a lot of stuff down that didn't need to be there. That was a yeah. part of my faith and see what remnant remained. And 
and so I loved it. It wow. was a free, free thinking space, and then philosophy course gave me the opportunity. Yeah. Being a philosophy major at Boulder and being a believer is a fun little challenge. I know. Yeah. Um, so it was great. I loved it. Yeah. Wow. So you, you know. love challenges. That's I what do. I'm, yeah. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. I do. So anyway, let's get back to the story. You you do the camp for three years. Yep. Why didn't you want to continue? What was the? Uh... I stayed involved with the camp for a long time. It's still going on today. Oh, so it was oh, the twelfth wow. year. Uh, we took we took about forty kids this year. We usually take about eighty kids up to the mountains. So that's an all volunteer um, camp and a mentoring year round mentoring program. Wow! But with uh, with working in the church with my friend for those three years, I just knew that wasn't long term what I what I wanted to be doing. Yeah. So I just said, let's let's go run hard for three years together and maybe more. But after three years, I said, that's good. And during that time, my dad had always wanted me to take over his family business. Okay. So that's part of why I went to Boulder, to be an entrepreneur, come back, take over the business. And I just did not want to do it. So I was telling him all these years, sorry, I got to go make my own thing. And finally, he called me and was like, look, I'm, I need some help. I'm trying to sell this business. Yeah, I need some help. I said, all right. I'll come help you for two years. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give you two years. <laughs> two years. Right. <laughs> I'm a big believer in clear expectations. True. You Very know? true. So I said, let me give you two years. And so I had the privilege of working with my dad side by side for two years okay. and cleaning up some stuff. We took a business that was in a 3,000 square foot building and turned it into something that fits on a hard drive, you know? Wow. All of our, we went online, we went digital, everything was cloud-based, and we got rid of the filing cabinets, and we started organizing on Drive and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so it just kind of brought this early 90s startup into the next next uh, chapter of business in the United yeah. States and around the world. And then after two years, I was like, thanks, Pops, have a good day. And that's when Brooke and I started traveling. Okay. So, could you travel for, if I remember, a year? About 11 months, yeah. So, two things. So I want you to, well, one question with two answers, four answers. I'm confusing myself. So the first question, highlight, and two highlights from the trip. The next question, low moments. Doesn't have to be disappointing, but just a low moment. Two low moments. Easy. Okay. Easy questions. Let's start with the low ones. Okay. Oh, okay. We were in Italy, about to take a trip to where next flight was down into Africa, and we just had one of those nights where Brooke and I are missing. We stayed in this nasty shanty hotel close to the airport. We never really stayed in hotels. And it was fine, but I'm like stressed in the morning. We gotta go, we gotta go. Our flight is at six. We gotta check out, get there early. We're trying to find the bus, all that. We're sweating, we get to the airport. Hey, we can't find your flight. Oh, it's at 6 p.m. Oh. So we're 12 hours early and uh, you know, we just were missing each other. Wow. It's like, I'm out of here she takes off and she later would tell me was like I was gonna go book a flight and go somewhere else without you but she forgot her passport <laughs> in my fanny pack <laughs> so she went to the beach all day and drank Aperol spritz and had a beach day and I had just broken my foot I was hobbling around on crutches all over Rome and Italy just getting sore bleeding under my outfit so I sat in the airport all day until the flight came and that was one low Wow other one that's a big low yeah we bought a van in New Zealand. Okay. And an old, I think, tradesman, painter kind of guy had this van, and we took it, we pulled everything out. We He'd actually done some of the building, but we built it into a little van we could live out of with a sink and got it registered with some camp out of it. And the first month in that van, aligning our expectations, because I'm like, we're going to sell this thing. It just needs to be waterproof. 
and Brooke's thinking like, this is our home. We got to make it nice. So trying to balance somewhere in the middle, right there on a budget, and that was that was a good little opportunity to learn where our strengths are and where to defer to another, mm -hmm. and how to compromise. That those first two weeks were not fun. Oh that was definitely the low point in our marriage. How many years were you married at this point? Uh, that'll be going on eight years. At that point? Yeah. Wow, okay. We took off in June when we'd been married seven years and uh, came back. Okay, wow, that's crazy. Uh, what's the, some good news then? What's the positives? Um, my brother and his wife flew out and met us in New Zealand. It's about a month and a half, two months later, and we spent 10 days together hiking and hiking up to this beautiful hut overlooking Mount Arthur and uh, these incredible mountains in South Island, New Zealand, and being with my brother, being with his wife and my wife, on the other side of the world, slowing down, talking about what we want to do when we get next, I will always remember that part of the trip. And then um, we rented a tiny little, like, fisherman's house on this island in Thailand. We lived there for about a month and uh, had one AC unit in one room. Everything else was super hot, like, wow. you would have loved it. <laughs> You already know. So we just lived in that house for three or four weeks and we did a lot of writing and yoga and stretching and we just slowed down, went to the market once a week, cooked our food, take showers with the cup of water and all that kind of stuff and watch the tide come in and out and the water would come up under the house at night. You can hear it moving down under there and it's all mud. This is not touristy. Right. This is like yeah. fishing type of village and it was just simple. Mm -hmm. and. Um, Wow, Another awesome. chance to shed things that yeah. you don't need. And so, you come back, and I know when your brother and his wife came down, that's where this kinship landing, that's where the idea was. Yeah. Could you just give us a glimpse into that combo that kind of created sure. this? We broke our trip into three sections. So we said the first, first third of the trip, we're going to rest. That's it. We were, Brooke had been with the church for like seven years now, so her dream plans were maxed out. I was tired, so we just rested. The second half, we said we were going to dream. And then the third half, we said we were going to plan. The third, third, I guess. <laughs> I, we got you. Yeah. So for the first third, I would be like, hey, Brooke, you know what we could do? She's like, ah, rest, I'm resting. <laughs> Stop with your ideas, because I'm always saying ideas. She's right. the practical one. It's like, how are we going to do it? I'm resting. So then, our bodies start to change and we're resting. We start laying out ideas. We could do this, we could do this, we could do this. We narrowed it down to three ideas and we called a friend back home and she said, hey, what are you uniquely qualified to do that no one else can do as well as you can? And that's when we thought, you know, we've been traveling for a year. We know our city really well. We could, we could bring a hospitality concept and we love hospitality. So that's when we landed on it. It was about halfway through the trip. Okay. I remember we told my parents and they were just like, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't it was a it's flop. not for you it was a flop wow but we took that we committed to it and we said let's try this a hundred percent for two years after two years if it doesn't work that's fine worst case scenario we make some friends we learn some new skills file bankruptcy worst things have happened <laughs> so we started taking like a day a week to plan okay. and write the business model and when my brother and his wife came in New Zealand we had already sort of refined what it was going to be and they're the ones who helped us name it. Down there. 
I tell the people the name because I, I think it's a cool story sure. how you came up with the name. Yeah, so the name of, of this friendly boutique hotel is called Kinship Landing. Okay. Uh, when we were traveling, we started a little Instagram account called Kinship Travels. And it was just for friends and family to keep in touch and watch stories and stuff. And I was talking to a friend. At, oh, I was in New Zealand at this little Airbnb called my friend Joey. It's like, we're trying to figure out what to name it. It's like, you got to call it Kinship, man. It's just the next chapter of Kinship. Okay. This is pretty good. So we'll keep the word kinship. And we called the trip kinship landing because what we wanted to do was go interact with our family. You know, we got I got a big picture, capital F family. We're all connected. We bleed the same blood. So Brooke had great friends she would call family in Africa. I had great friends that I would call family in New Zealand. So we wanted to introduce a little family reunion. That's why we called it kinship travel. And we were walking through this this area with my brother and his wife and we're like, what about kinship? zone kinship pad kinship hotel kinship hostel kinship bungalow and sydney and my brother's wife's like what about landing place where you land you know like, yeah that's good that's that'll, that'll work so that's what we call it <laughs> that's awesome so you come back from the trip explain because i know it's hard starting a hotel yeah just give us a glimpse into that first year yeah there just... there's not enough time to talk about <laughs> that i will just say that it was extremely exciting the beginning and extremely hard after that <laughs> you know the timeline kind of goes like this we got back we spent about three to six months three to four months actively listening to the community so I would take any meeting I could get with anyone and just say here's what we're doing we're gonna build a hotel uh, what do you think is it a good idea that idea would you do it different is this meeting a real need or is this just something we're pulling out of nowhere and it doesn't need to happen so we met with everyone you know, city council members and outdoor guides and neighbors and friends. That was the first step, just listening, refining. Then we started the LLC. Then we started writing out our operating agreement and deciding what were our core values that we were not going to ever, ever deviate from. We invited some friends, Nate and Jason and Lauren, into the founding team, so five founders. And um, they helped shape the business and change it from what Brooke and I had in our mind and change it something different with all of us. And then we raised some money and we all took out second mortgages on our home. Wow. And we bought this piece of land, just a piece of land. And that was the first stake in the ground. It's like, this is real. Yeah. We now have some collateral. Yeah. How'd that uh, feel? It was good. We yeah. invited some friends out. We invited my parents out. We had champagne out on this nasty field covered in <laughs> weeds. And so that was the big stake in the ground was Mm -hmm. We bought the land in October, and then we slowly started raising capital from there, and the rest was an absolute cluster yeah. of problem solving. <laughs> it took us three years from that day to open. Wow. But COVID also slowed things down. It did a little bit, but for us, it was more financing stuff. Okay. That we just, we were naive, and mm -hmm. we didn't know how to do something like this, so we had to learn the hard way. Yeah. And stuff. So now you build the hotel. What's, as we close here, I'm going to hit you with a couple rapid-fire questions sure. to kind of close this out. First question is this. Five questions, to be exact. Since you got five founders. Great. First question, looking back in that three-year period, what's the one thing that you would do differently? Double our budget. Okay. Double our time life. Okay. I want to have a more creative answer, but that's the easiest. Yeah. Just double your budget right off the top. Mm -hmm. Whatever you think it is, double. Double. 
And don't tell anyone it's double. <laughs> Just keep that to yourself. Right. All the architects, those guys are all still working on the old budget. Uh-huh. Because something else was coming up. The second question is this. The design. Because it's very different design. The colors, like... Who's... Whose idea was it for it to look like this? I am so proud that this is a collaborative expression of some amazing people. Okay. So Nate and Brooke, my two other executive team members who we own and operate the business, and Jason, our other co-founder, we would bring mood boards and ideas and concepts to the table. And then we worked with a really talented group of uh, designers with Fixer Creative, who are also friends and Ryan Lloyd and his architecture firm, Eco Architecture. So the architect, the interior designer, the creative direction team, and us, we would bring these ideas forward. We'd say, here's kind of what we're looking for. They'd go cook up some stuff, bring it back. We'd look at a couple options, tweak some things, refine it. So really, between the founding team, the architect and engineer, and the interior designer, and the creative design team, you know, that's, that's the group of people responsible for the aesthetic of yeah. this property. All right, the next question is this. How is it working with family? Because you hear both sides. What's your side? My parents gave me two pieces of advice about business. Don't work with friends. Don't work with family. <laughs> so I started a business with my wife and two of my best friends. <laughs> and it's super hard. Yes. It's really hard. If you can think of another way and you can tolerate another way, do that. For me, I would not do it any different. I, the good thing about working with family, and I'm going to include close friends in that, is they know you. It doesn't take five years to know you. They're, you're already there. Yeah. So they can say, hey, I see you. Yeah. <laughs> you got to knock that off. Right. And there's not a lot of opportunity for immaturity to exist in that relationship. Yes. So if you're committed to growing and you can try to stay humble and have a learning attitude and invite that feedback and you guys are all committed to that process, then doing business with family and friends is going to expedite that process really right quickly definitely you also want to make sure for me I'm really lucky that Brooke happens to be brilliant at this role so she does an amazing job with with her roles and responsibilities so if that wasn't the case then there's yeah. no reason you got to start with it is the talent there is the capability and experience and drive there if that's a check then it may be families on the table yeah that's good all right the next question for you well how how would you say you've grown Yeah, I have learned to slow down around the corners a little bit. Yeah, I'm a little bit like a fast and break things kind of guy. So, slow down around the corners. Um, I have learned to take input that's contradictory to what I think is right a little more seriously. Yeah, and listen and lean in a little bit further. Where's that coming from? Because I, yeah. you're a smart person. There's got to be a reason we totally disagree. Right. Help me understand. Yeah. So I've, I've grown in my ability to hear feedback. Yeah. Um, and uh, what else have I learned? I've learned, just, I, I've emphasized and reiterated the importance of listening to your community. Yeah. I think the reason we're successful is because this is a community project. Yeah, the the Colorado Springs community who's got their fingerprints all over this place. You walk downstairs, it's full of people who live and work and play here. Yeah, and so um, the the significance of doing something for your place and for your people. For me, that's just reiterated. That's that's what I'm up to in life. Is yeah, meeting the needs of my local. That's good. Last question: Is there a life after chemistry places, or you see? Because everything you've done, there's like a time loop. Yeah. 
No, there's tons of life after kitchen. Yeah. So the vision for this company is that we have a network of concepts that surrounds the globe. Um, our five core values, courage, trust, community, generosity, and adventure. Travelers are looking for a way to interact with those values and looking for a way to slide into the local scene in an authentic and generous way. And if we can plot these around the world in a way that helps travelers contribute to local communities and helps local communities interact with travelers in a way that's dialogue and transfer of knowledge and insight and there's a there's a win-win and that's a good thing for planet earth because globalism the world is flat that's not going away mm -hmm. so we got to embrace that reality of, of a lot of travel a lot of transient people in and out yeah. and take that and turn it into something that's good um, for the world and for local communities. So I don't know if I'm going to be the one to take it there. I might, maybe. Yeah. Maybe Nate and Brooke and I are the ones who are going to take it there. But my hope is that there's a network of concepts that is inspired by Kinship Landing and takes what we've learned and built here and that multiplies across planet Earth. So. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for this. This has been a very great interview. Thanks for listening. Yeah. So remember, we all have a story. What's your story? Goodbye. <laughs>